I am so blessed to be here tonight. Um, I'm just in awe of God. I'm in awe of what he's doing with the church, what he's doing in my life. Um, as Bethany was singing, she said, home, that word just resonated in my heart. Because the Lord has been bringing me home. He's been bringing me back to his heart. It's not that I led astray or, you know, I was in the world. I've been in church my whole life. <laughs> I grew up in church. I've been serving the Lord for so long. I started when I was very young in ministry and singing. And, uh, but your heart becomes calloused sometimes because of the pain of the journey. I left my house, my country, when I was nine years old. And I was not planning to say this, but I just feel led to because of the song that Bethany sang. <laughs> and I lost a sense of home. I started, we came here with my family, which by the way, they're here, my mom, my dad, my uncle and my aunt who just arrived from Bolivia on Thursday. <laughs> Haven't seen them in years. And um, yeah, it was, I, we came here, you know, with, with just really the Lord brought us to this nation and I started serving young. So Life got pretty busy and got super fast, and wow, it I wasn't able to process much. I didn't have a chance to process much. And it wasn't until 2016, the end of 2016, that the Lord allowed me to go back to my country, and um, it was a shock for me to go back after 17 years. You know, in your head, you're like, I'm going to go back home. But you go back home and it's very uncomfortable. You're like, wait, I don't fit in here anymore. <laughs> like, wait, this is my people. This is my nation. I should feel happy and, and I should feel like I'm home, you know? This is bed. This is the kitchen. This is, but it was so new and foreign to me. And I was like, I'm going to go back to the United States. Well, that's home. I guess that's home, you know? And so I came back after three weeks because as a DACA student, they gave me that amount of time to be able to, you know, go out and come back. When they came back, I remember I looked at everybody and I'm like, but I don't look like them. <laughs> I'm not from here. And so I felt like the Lord allowed that brokenness in my heart to begin a process of healing, a process to go deeper in my citizenship as a daughter of the king. My home, our true home, is, which is his heart, which is heaven, which is eternity. And I remember I went into the internship in that time. It was the end of 2016 when I came back and I was wrecked. I was about to release a new album. We had already planned everything. We already had the music video. We had everything. But... Daniela Barroso was not in a place to be able to stand on a platform and give. I was undone. I was done. 
And I remember when I found out about the, 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 the internship, I was like, I have to do this. I just felt the Holy Spirit pulling me deeper, calling me deeper. You know, he's such an amazing bridegroom. He doesn't force us. He doesn't push us. He doesn't condemn us. He doesn't make us feel guilty. He invites us. And I, be, and I realized that even through the pain of that season, he used that to invite me, to use that as an invitation, come closer to me, come closer to my heart. And that's how I began this internship. <laughs> and um, it was such a beautiful season that I believe it's, it's not just a season. It's a lifestyle. Oh, thank you, Daddy. Uh, I've been crying so much this past three years. I think everything I didn't cry <laughs> my entire life. <laughs> um, but just um, allowing myself to be vulnerable and to be real, it's something that has, has, been, a ba- has been like a challenge for me. Um, when you're in the music industry and, 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 and there are a lot of opportunities and, and people put their eyes on you, I mean, want it or not, it happens. It kind of created a performance thing. I have to perform. And so without realizing in my mind, I became a performer. And I feel like the Lord has been just all this season undoing that, undoing that, undoing that. Because you know what? The Lord is wanting us to reflect the image of Jesus and you know, I was going to share, I'm going to share with you about, which is quite interesting because earlier in the church today, they preached about this verse and I was like, oh my gosh, it's like confirmation of what I'm going to preach. Because it's about 2 Corinthians 3.18 and I'm sure many of you have heard about that verse, but it just struck me. Um, I feel like God's been using that verse to trip, grip my heart. Um, and... I feel like this culture of revival, as much as we desperately need it, and we're seeking for it, we're hungry for it, what he wants to do is to transform us first to be able to reflect the image of Jesus. And, you know, if if we go there, or you can listen to me, 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, And we all with unveiled face... Beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. Just like, I just love that word, image. From one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. In a generation where it's all about the image, Instagram, Facebook, you know, all that stuff, social media, selfies, whoo. The branding and all of it, and you know, and not all of it is bad. I understand that there's some things that, you know, things change in society, but when we're so focused on that image, it's such a huge thing. You know, image is like just very important. You're treated according to how you look, you're treated according to how do you, you know, perform at your job and your place of influence or whatever. And One thing that's going to transform us is just beholding Jesus. Beholding the image of who he is. 
And everything I say tonight, believe me, I don't stand in the place of like, I got it all together. I, I know it all. I'm still learning because this is a journey, first of all, of the undoing, and second, of becoming more like him. We are being undone to be done into his image. Whatever the form, the shape of who he is. And so I just want to pray for us right now and I'm going to share my heart about this word. Thank you, God, for tonight. Thank you because your presence is in this place. Thank you, God, because the people who are here tonight, God, have a hunger for more of you. They've come to seek you, God. They're here on a Sunday night where they could be anywhere else, but they're here because we are desperate for you. This is a generation that is so in need of the very presence of Jesus. Not the idea of Jesus. Not the theology of Jesus. Not just the mere knowledge of information about Jesus, but we need the very essence and the very presence of Jesus in our lives. So I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, may the spirit of wisdom and revelation come upon us in the knowledge of who you are, God. Open up our eyes, open up our ears, open up our mouths, open up our hearts, God, because we are ready for the more of you. This is a people that's ready for the more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, revival, when Hazen told me about it, which is all his fault why I'm here, um, he told me, you want to preach about it? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, I have a hard time saying no because the Lord always told me, say yes. Whenever it comes to his things, say yes. And I was like, okay. I haven't done preaching in a while, you know. So I'm like, it's easier to stand here and do worship, but to preach, it's like, ah, another thing. Uh, but I said yes, and when he told me the, the, the topic, culture of revival, it just like just did something in my heart because I remember as I was a, a little girl, like just revival was, I don't know, it just like stirred me, it pulled me, it just gripped my heart from a very young age. And um, I was always very fiery. <laughs> and I still am sometimes a little weird and crazy. But, uh, but ever since I was a little girl, it was like just that, I, I, there was something about wanting more of God. And I remember when I was about three, four, five years old, around that time, um, I could see babies in the womb of moms. And I could see if they were going to be a, a boy or a girl. I know it sounds super weird, but I could literally see the, the baby. And so it was something, I guess, that the Lord graced me in that season of my life. Like wherever I would go and I would see a pregnant lady, I would be like, oh, your baby's going to be a, a boy or a girl or whatever. It's just wherever, in, in church, in the grocery, uh, in family gatherings, and buses, you name it. I couldn't help myself but to just, a pregnant lady would pass by and I'm like, just saying the sex of the baby. And so people, the women will, will look at me. Some of them were like amazed and in shock. Others were like thankful, I guess. Like, wow, okay, thank you. Others were like looked at me like disbelief. Others were like um, scared. And I don't blame them. I would be scared of myself too. But that experience at, at such a young age um, honestly like created in my heart just to pursue more of God. Like I knew there was more of God 
it was kind of normal for me, and I thought everybody could see it. I thought everybody could sense that, but the reality was that it was not. And so that just ruined me in a way for like the ordinary. And I'm my desire for, for us in this in this generation is for us to be ruined for the ordinary. Ruined for the status quo, ruined for the norm, ruined for just the simplicity of being a Christian, ruined for just the simplicity of, 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 of churchianity. I think, who, who says that? Billy, I think it's the one that says that. Um, I believe that God is in the desire to bring back life, life to the organism we were always meant to be. We are not an organization. The church needs to understand that her image is not a structure. It's not a building. It's not an organization. It's an organism. You and I are the body of Christ. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are the body of Christ. We are supposed to be a living organism. And what we've become, it's, it's something kind of different. In the 21st century, what I see sometimes, it's just, including myself, just dry bones. I see a generation pursuing so many other things, so many other things that can cover up. But the reality is that sometimes we're dead and dry inside. And God is saying, I want to breathe back life into the dry bones. I want to breathe back life into those places, those areas in your heart, in your mind that have become stagnant, that have become dry and dead, including the dreams of the Father for your heart, for your life. He wants to breathe back and he wants us to make the living organism you and I were always meant to be. He wants to remove the veil from our eyes. He wants to remove the, anything that's hindering our ears to hear, our eyes to see. This is not like about being ungrateful for what we are, where we're at, but this is about the holy dissatisfaction that God has been producing in many of us. It's a holy dissatisfaction of the same thing over and over again. It's a holy dissatisfaction of what we've known we are craving, we are hungry for the more of God. I believe this is not an hour as usual. This is not an hour of the same thing. This is not an hour of, of the routine anymore. This is an hour where God is going to start shaking things in our lives. You know how sometimes we pray for revival, we pray for the move of God, and when he starts moving us and shaking us, we like, ooh, freak out. <laughs> Because the revival will not begin with the external signs. God can do it and he will do it. But revival really begins in your heart. Revival begins in your mind. Revival begins in your home when nobody sees us. Revival begins with the audience of one. Revival begins with you and Jesus alone. We pray for the new move of God. And yes, we want the move of God, but what God will begin to do is shake us. He will begin to shake us up 
and we're going to be rebuking the enemy. And God is like, no, 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 no. Don't blame him. <laughs> Don't blame him. <laughs> I am shaking you. I am moving you. Because the move of God is not something up here. The move of God is you, you, you. Your life is the new move of God. The evidence of the revival occurring in your mind, in your heart, it's the evidence of the move of God, the evidence of the living organism in complete action. The evidence of the body of Christ together as one invading new territory, taking back what the enemy has taken from the church, taken from the bride. And I believe this is the time, this is the time, it's marked in the Father's agenda to pour out, to break out on the earth in a mighty way. The 21st century will be marked by a move of God that the world has ever seen. I am believing that. For the latter glory shall be so much greater than the former glory. And it's only for those that want it. It's only for those that can see it in the spirit while everybody else sees chaos. We're seeing the order of God. Where everybody else sees death, we're seeing the life of God. Where everybody else sees darkness, we're seeing the light of Jesus. Where everybody sees depression, we're seeing the joy of God in our lives. Where everybody's sick and anxiety, we're experiencing the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Where everybody's experiencing everything else, the church, we're experiencing the fullness of who God is. The fullness that he has promised us as his church. The identity, the identity. You know, something that really struck me, um, is that a right word, stroke me? Yeah, like, I, I, I had an experience a few years ago. When I was, I was just in prayer, you know, normal prayer. You know how sometimes you go into prayer and, you know, you just, it's like your devotional time with the Lord. And sometimes amazing things happen. Other things, nothing really happens, right? Like just, you're just there. You just present yourself before the Lord. But this time something crazy happened and it really shook me and stirred me. And, it, and I heard a roar. And it was, it was a more than a sound, like a, a, a real sound. It was like my spirit could sense this roar. And, and the fear of the Lord, like I felt the fear of the Lord come upon me and I just couldn't do anything. I, I remember I just laid there on, on, on my room, flat on my face, just crying. And I'm like, what is this, God? Like, what is this? And as I'm in this conversation with the Lord and all of this is, is, this is occurring, and I'm just shaking under the presence of God and the fear of the Lord. He says, go to Matthew 25, 5. And I'm like, okay, Matthew 25, 5. So after I'm kind of like done with that, I get up I, and I just look Matthew 25, 5. And it's the portion where it says about the 10 virgins, the five wise and the five foolish ones. And, and chapter 5 says that they all fell asleep. As the bridegroom delayed, they all fell asleep. And, and he highlighted all. Because I'm like, well, the, the good ones stayed up. And God was like, no. They all 
fell asleep. And then he said, but I'm waking up my bride. I'm waking her up. This is a time to be awake and to be alert and to be watchful. I'm waking her up from her sleep. I'm waking her, her up from her numbness. I'm lifting her up. She thinks she's awake. She thinks she's awake because she's active. She thinks she's awake because she's loud. She thinks she's awake because she's filling up churches and pews. She thinks she's awake because she has the best worship albums. She thinks she's awake because she's hitting number one. She's so asleep because she has lost her most important identity and function, which is to be the bride of Christ. So in love, so in love with me, so in love with me that nothing else matters. And even as I'm preaching this, I'm like, Holy Spirit, take us deeper, God. Take us deeper into that revelation of being awake. What does that even look like, God? It's more than a religious form. It's more than just my trying to seek him, my striving. The Lord has been showing, showing us as a body is about to receive. It's about receiving who he is, the fullness of who he is. You know why this, this, this verse of 2 Corinthians really like just impacted my heart? Because, you know, revival is not something we can do. To be awake, it's not something I can do. I can't wake myself up, right? When you're sleeping, you're asleep. Something has to wake you up. Your alarm, your whatever, something has to wake you up. So I can't produce revival. We can't produce a change. We can't produce transformation. We can't produce it in our own strength. Only Jesus can bring revival. Only Jesus can bring transformation. Only Jesus can do what we cannot do. Only Jesus can bring everything that he has promised on his word. Only Jesus can do it. So what is my role? It's to behold him. My role is to gaze at his beauty. My role is to fall in love with the very person of Jesus. The one who has the eyes like fire. The one whose voice is like the roar of many waters. The one whose feet is like burnished brass, bronze. The one whose hair and head is, is white as wool. His face shining like the sun at its full strength. Oh, the beauty of this man. The beauty of who Jesus is. As I, was, as I was having this encounter with the Lord, he was like, I'm not coming back for anything else than a bride. I'm coming back for a bride who's equally yoked, who's equally yoked with me. Who's equally yoked with my essence. He wants to do greater things, church. He really wants to do it. Sometimes we think it's a passive state. 
staring at him, beholding him. There it is. There is the stillness of all of that. But then there's also, because I'm like, I'm a warrior at nature. You know, I'm Latina, okay? So I'm wild and loud and crazy naturally and weird, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I'm not quiet. I'm not, you know, not, I'm not. I, I've tried because, you know, in America, it's a little different. It's just a little different. So I tried, right? You want to change to fit in, right? I'm like trying to fit in and God is like, no, you're a new breed. <laughs> You're not going to fit in, okay? Don't try to fit in. Your image doesn't matter. It's about my image, the way I want to express my fire, the way I want to express my power, the way I want to express my essence through you. I don't even know where I was going with this, but... <laughs> but beholding, yes, beholding, it's not a passive thing, not necessarily. It's an active thing. It's an active thing. It has to be something that we have to just constantly place and position our hearts in that place of receiving, of beholding, of beholding, of staring at him. And the reason I say, you know, like that I'm a warrior at nature, it's because I'm like, but Lord, how are we going to war? Because I feel, I really sense in my spirit that the revival that God's going to do, it's not just like sporadically, you know, like here and there. It's going to be global. There's a massive revival that the Lord is preparing in different nations. The Lord is cleaning house, beginning with government. He's cleaning house because God's preparing the way for something, for the voice of the church, for the Lion of Judah to roar through the church. And when that happens, there's a declaration of war because we're going to begin to take territory in the spiritual realm. I see that. I don't know how God's going to do it, but I believe it in my spirit. So the revival, you know, as much as I've loved studying revivals in the past, which are amazing. I love revivals from the past. You know, the God's done here and there. What God's going to do in our days, it's going to surpass everything we've read, everything we've known. Jesus said, greater works than I did, you will do. Greater works. But the way the, 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 the bride is going to war is going to come from the place of intimacy. We're going to be like the warring bride. The bride that's with Jesus. The bride that's beholding Jesus. The bride that's with Jesus. That when they see us, they see Jesus. They see the essence of Jesus. That's revival. That's revival. And beholding and staring at him is what changing, changes us from one glory to another. That's revival. This transformation from one degree of glory to another. And the other day I was just doing my devotional and I was reading uh, Revelation chapter 1. And it really confirmed what I was going to just kind of sharing right now I'm, I just went kind of like all over the place from all my notes but Revelation 1 it talks about John when he is in the island of Patmos and he receives a revelation right he's he just has this encounter with with God and I mean he wrote the book of Revelation wow and it just really impacted me verses 9 through 18 um 
And the first thing that it is revealed to John is Jesus. Before the, the big things that came afterward, the very thing that the Lord reveals John is, is Jesus himself. He's like, come up higher, come up here, John. He go. And it's just all of it, it was the first part of it all, the just, it's the first chapter, it's just the revelation of Jesus for, for John. And it's just like, wow, what would it be for the church to get the full revelation of Jesus? You know, John had walked with Jesus for three and a half years. Okay, he was the one who leaned on the chest of Jesus. But this time, it was different. John was encountering Jesus in his full glory. So the Bible says that he kind of felt like as dead. He was undone in the very presence of the majesty of Jesus. What am I trying to say with this? I'm not trying to freak us out like, oh my gosh, no, I don't want to seek Jesus because if I'm going to be like... Undone, but, but this is the thing. What we know of Jesus from the past, it was good for the past. What we know of Jesus, what we know of Jesus was good for the past. But what we need to encounter him, the way we need to encounter him in this season, it's going to equip us for what we're about to do for the future. And I don't see it in a, long future like I, I just I feel like we're just so close to what God's doing he's just preparing everything what we've seen of God in the past in our lives it was awesome it was great it was powerful but there's more there's so much more of him there's so much more of who he is for the greater works that he has called us to do, not only individually, but as the body of Christ. As you and I come together, you see the essence of Jesus. There's so much that we can talk about Jesus. But one thing is important to highlight, that it's the unity between you and Jesus, this oneness with Jesus and the oneness with one another as the body of Christ. We want true revival. We need to be united. We need to be one. You see, my arm can't be over there. And it doesn't mean like we all have to be in one room, right? But it's, it's a position of your heart where there is like no, literally no division, mine, yours. But we're all, we all bring everything to the table together. We bring it to the table. What you have, what Amy has, I need. What I may have, she may need. Oh, it's, it's just this exchange, the way we do with Jesus. There is a beautiful exchange. I surrender and he gives me more of him. I let go and he gives me more of who he is. It's the beautiful exchange. And it's the same thing with the church. How can we be divided if we're not together? How can we see the glory of God in the bride of Jesus, in the, in the body of Jesus, if she's all disconnected? Sometimes even bleeding. What testimony are we? What kind of revival are we going to give to the world? It's the oneness. 
And God's been working so much in my heart with that, so much. I mean, having my family from Bolivia has been amazing in this season because it was just like reconnecting with who I am, reconnecting with, with where I belong, with my family, like my blood family. Last year, working with Hazen and Josh with the One Race Movement, the Lord did so much in my heart, so much healing, restoring so much that I was just disconnected really just it just I just felt disconnected I felt like hiding in a cave and the Lord just showing me all of this like the unity of every race of every denomination the unity of the bride of Christ we need more revelation one race glory to God for one race but there is more there is more every tongue every tribe every nation Calling out the name of Jesus. Can you see that picture? Can you see that picture? Can you see that picture? This one is with Jesus and one is with one another. I'm just so passionate about this. I'm so passionate because we have allowed pain. We've allowed rejections from the past. We've allowed all of this to callous our hearts. We've allowed so many things to just build up a wall and has left us in this place unable to trust, to trust one another, to trust one another. The world wants to see what true unity looks like, beloved. The, tr the, the, the world is so desperate to see that kind of revival in our lives. You know what? Just something recently has been happening in my country, and I'll, be, I'll try to wrap it up soon for you guys. I don't want to keep you all night here. But something amazing has been happening in my nation in Bolivia. Yes. For 14 years, we had a president, Evo Morales, who's been like a dictator pretty much oppressive, trying to convert it into another Venezuela and Cuba, communist and socialist. The, 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 the people there just, it's been terrible for 14 years. And recently we had, we had elections and supposedly he won again, but it was all a fraud. The whole nation stopped for about 23 days. The whole nation, the whole entire nation, no school, no jobs. It was just, and they're coming up from that right now. Just last Sunday, the president resigned because of the prayers of the church. The church literally got out of the four walls. woke up in my nation after being silenced for so long after being oppressed for so long after just being comfortable inside her four walls it took the oppressiveness of this to wake her up 
for 23 days have been preaching on the streets. You can see it. You can look it up online. They've been praying everywhere. Massive thousands upon thousands. People crying out on the streets. From the place of government to the to the to the to the soldiers, uh, the the police people, and all of it. I mean, it's been crazy, but good and powerful. And I believe a revival is coming from a nation. And I believe the same thing is happening in so many places. And I'm sorry that I brought this subject from my country. God's doing it. God's doing it. God's doing it. And God's doing the same thing. I believe in America. God's doing a revival. It's going to be powerful. This nation has blessed so many nations. And God's lifting her. I believe that God's going to use the church in this time. The United States will shine again. Will be the light. The city upon a hill. But let's wake up. And you know what's something that really caught my attention while reading Revelation chapter 1 was that it says that John was exiled in Patmos. And Patmos, one of its meanings is my crushing. Sometimes it takes her crushing for us to experience the greater degree of glory. God uses sometimes our weakness and our vulnerability for God to show the display of his greatest glory upon your life. So I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what kind of crushing you're in. You're like, I'm not seeking for revival. I'm trying to pay my bills. Okay? You know how sometimes we get to that point of life where we're not experiencing fullness at all? I'm just trying to survive, Daniela. What revival are you talking to me about? Like, I just need to pay my bills. Or I just need to, you know, have... Whatever, whatever it is, just like survival mode when God has called us for the greater works. When God has called us for the signs and the wonders and the miracles and the massive salvations. When God has called us for the fullness of God where there is joy, where there is peace, where there is faith, where there is kindness. Where there is an overflow, an overflow of his goodness. We've allowed the image of this world to just mold us into something. And God is saying, I'm taking my bride back to her true image. Her true image, which is to be the reflection of Jesus Christ. The living organism that she is, that she's always meant to be. So right there where you're at, I'm just going to ask you to stand up. God will always choose weakness to displace his strength and power. God will always choose what's weak. I was like, I was telling Hazen honestly, I'm like, oh man, I don't think I feel prepared to preach and all this stuff. Just given my list of why I was like unequipped and unprepared and all of it. But you know what? He's not seeking perfection right now. He's so not seeking that. He's not seeking your good strategies. He's not seeking your 
good performance. He's not seeking how well you can manage this and that. He's only seeking our hearts. He's only seeking our minds. And he's calling us. He's inviting us. Will you just come back to stare at me once again? I know you've forgotten. You've forgotten a lot of things. Probably you've forgotten who you are. I've been in that. Forgotten who I am. Who I was. In the natural, as well as sometimes in the spiritual. God is inviting us. Come back to staring at me. Come back to looking at me. I know you feel like you're drowning, but that's because you've just put your gaze on other things that have taken your peace away. The storms have intimidated you. The storms have allowed you to just lose focus, but just look at me and you will walk on waters. That's revival. I will tell you something. Do not waste your brokenness. Don't waste your brokenness. There is purpose in what you're feeling right now. Maybe you're feeling undone. Maybe you're feeling lost. You've lost a sense of identity or you've lost your job or you're lost. You feel like you're losing your marriage or you feel like your children are just being lost. I don't know why you feel like you're losing. I don't know what it's being shaken in you, but don't waste it. There is purpose in brokenness. God can actually use that brokenness for something glorious. Maybe that is your potmos to encounter the very presence of Jesus. Maybe that is your potmos to encounter him. Maybe that's your potmos, that rocky island where you feel alone and isolated. For God's going to open your eyes to see the beauty of this man.